All right, so we're rolling. So first things first. You worked in the AAA industry as well. So one of the things that fascinates me is the way that developers approach projects in terms of, you know, when you're approaching an indie game versus a AAA project, the size is just so different. The way you would approach it, I would imagine, is much, much more nuanced and much different as well. So can you kind of walk me through how those two different parts of the same industry function, especially since you've worked so heavily in both kind of where are the similarities and where are the big differences between those two? Yeah, that, I don't think there's, there's two things that in the end, AAA because mm. it's more like you can have really big indie projects or you can have really small projects inside companies like Ubisoft even even sometimes even though it seems that always at least 1000 names in the list so mm. about my history that I, I worked at Red Lynx when it was very small and it started to make engage games for Nokia then I worked at Remedy in Finland it was AAA studio the AAA studio of Finland back then but also even though it was AAA studio it was in a way also indie especially back then it got more publishers involved. It was kind of independent in many ways. Then at that point, so in fact, Red Lynx, which has indie roots, it had actually become part of Ubisoft. So it was reminded studio inside huge corporation. So as you said, I have <laughs> kind of, I have seen everything about the spectrum. So <laughs> I can try to answer that. But instead of talking about what indie games do and what big games do, I would just maybe talk about how small projects are different from big projects instead of thinking about what is indie and what is not. This game, of course, this is very much <laughs> indie game and super indie in the sense that the team is very small and the main guy. And I have been able to myself as very technical guy also make all the <laughs> design decisions, good and bad, that has been really refreshing for me since I've been working in those big projects also. And they always have lots of good designers who know what's supposed to be done, but sometimes there is some... some Questionable decisions. <laughs> and maybe even not that, maybe it's, they, they know what people want, mm -hmm. programmers know what's easy to do and what's hard to do. And, Sometimes that's not <laughs> not the same thing. So and many other things, of course, in small projects, the, everything can be more lean. And when it comes to features and so on, that you can just experiment with things. And the idea of this turbo slide is unlimited. Is now that design is unlimited in the sense that people can decide what kind of games they like. They can host their own games. They can. I, my job is to enable everything. And of course, I try to. So it's more like a platform than one game in the sense. Okay. With that, that's actually a perfect segue. You really have just unlimited options when it comes to building those levels. It, is it the same with like the game modes themselves? Is is it just unlimited customization ability with those levels and the modes and everything in between, or or how's that going to work? Yeah, but yeah, for racing mode, of course, is the main mode, and inside racing, you, you have lots of options you can tune, so you can make very different kind of races by just having. You can change the gravity. You can make terrain lethal. You can change what happens when cars touch each other and so on. You can have levels that are like Fall Guys levels or you can have mm -hmm. serious racing levels like racetracks or you can have just arc arcadish things where people are crossing and hitting each other all the time. And so from that you have inside racing you have lots of different game modes in the sense that people have full control to change those settings and whoever hosts the game have just the authority to decide what kind of rules the game has. Any anybody can host the games. It will be ultimately by decided by players what game modes are more popular or what. Hopefully there will be enough players for all kinds of modes, but we'll see what happens when <laughs> the game comes live. So with multiplayer, I saw that you were you were mentioning that on your Steam page that it was kind of geared towards, you know, 
know, more competitive esports playing or add the capability to do stuff like that. So kind of walk me through the challenge, especially with something that's so customizable in creating a game that can be geared towards that, because I know there are things you really need to focus on, like like balancing and with a game like this, where you can edit almost anything, how does that work when you're trying to integrate something like that? When it comes to balancing, that was many, many questions in one. So if you start with balancing, for example, mm -hmm. the default built-in vehicles, lots of time has been put to make them as balanced. They are very different from each other, but they are still, they should be quite even in the track. So if, if the rules allow people to choose the car, which is again, one thing that people can themselves choose, then they should be quite even. Okay. But when it comes to what I was talking about earlier, that people can make any kinds of levels or games, of course, that may be a problem that if somebody decides to host a game that's, that really sucks, that has bad levels and bad vehicles, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. So that's of course challenging. And that's something that in bigger games, people try to avoid by just having their own servers and making sure that the rules are always good and what's expected. But that's the other side of the coin when everything is pretty open and people can do whatever they want. But they are free to make the game unplayable also. <laughs> so <laughs> ultimate freedom, but freedom also to do odd stuff. And about the competitiveness, then one thing that enables competitive gameplay, of course, is that the game is based on authoritative server. So cheating should be really hard. If you want to cheat, you have to make AI that drives better than you are, then you have to hack the server. That's, of course, one way to do it. But mm -hmm. if you are playing with legit servers, then if you just hack your own client, does it work? Because the server decides what's really happening. And about competitive, again, already the default cars, they are kind of arcade cars and easy to play. I can guarantee that good players will win the bad players every, <laughs> every time, so it's, it's not always something that's wanted. There's no AI in this game, correct, at this point. It's just you're racing against other racers in multiplayer or you're racing in game there was AI. But again, one challenge with AI in this kind of game, of course, is that since you can make very different vehicles, you can make it a hovercraft or you can make it racing car or you can you can take the gravity off and everything like that so it's almost impossible to make generic AI that would you could just put it to any level and it could survive that especially as the levels can also be anything so it has to be some kind of pre-recorded path system or something like that and I will do something like that at some point there will be some kind of single player but okay and that's not. that's where the AI would be it wouldn't be a multiplayer or anything like that it, I think it, it could be there also. Also in the old game, you could use bots. And, so I don't see why it wouldn't be, why you wouldn't be able to use it as bots also. But mm -hmm. usually it's more fun to play against humans. But yeah. of course, especially when if there's empty server, it's more fun to first play with bots and wait until humans arrive instead of just playing alone. So it would make sense to have bots in multiplayer also. But it's quite a hard problem if, to make it make the support for all vehicles and all levels. So I have to figure out how to do that somehow. There was this debug AI, but I disabled it because it looks too much like a bug. <laughs> bug. If anybody can have it, then I have it as my own development tool so that I can easily have races with 20 players Okay. without actually going online. So I can see that the result screens works and stuff like that. Mm. But it's currently disabled from other players so that they don't come saying that, hey, this, is, this sucks, this game, that the AI is really bad. <laughs> You've mentioned the, the vehicle customization a few different times. Can you kind of go into a little bit more detail on just how in-depth that is and what you can do with it? Yeah, at the moment, what you can do is that you can make these paint shops, mm -hmm. which you have textures. They will be actually, the game is not pay to win, but there will be possibility to buy customization packs so that you get more access to more textures and you get also access to more so-called paint commands so that you can make Instead of putting two textures, you can put three. 
But again, this, this tool is very powerful compared to what those kind of tools usually are. There are lots of options that if you really want to do odd, odd stuff, you can with that. So again, the, because of that, the UI is not the easiest. <laughs> but what you can do is you can make very custom paint jobs. And currently there are no other options, like you're gonna change what wheels would look like. But there are ideas that you could, for example, customize your own horn sound or maybe the color of smoke that comes from your vehicle and all that kind of ideas there are. But currently, at least in the early access when it begins, there's the main customization thing is the paint jobs of the vehicles. Also related to that, it's one option to add some kind of weapon gameplay later that you could buy missiles or mines or stuff like that. But that's just another possible game option in the future. Another thing actually that comes to mind with the level editor itself and the races, you know, is there going to be like any kind of dynamic weather you can add in that? Something something along those lines that can be part of those levels or no, that's not part of this game? Not at the moment. Mm -hmm. but of course, what, what you already can do that you can you can tune all the physics of all levels. So if you want, you can make that tarmac on this level is very different from what is somewhere else. So you could simulate that this is more slippery race, for example. Mm -hmm. But since current races are quite short ones, there's no need to just change the weather mid-race. Yeah. It wouldn't be that hard actually, so that is some. I have a very long to-do list or maybe to-do list. I'm not promising to do every, everything of those, but there are things that might get done at some point, especially if there's going to be fuel and tire changes at some point and people are having longer races. Mm. Random rain would be a very interesting option to the game also, but, but we'll see. It's not no point in adding very specialized features at this point yet. So with this game right now, before it's launched in full, what game modes are available just before players are editing anything in? What's kind of the base game modes right now? Racing I mentioned and all, the, all that comes from that, that's going to be there. And racing has, has so many options that it's actually several different game modes and mm. several different types of levels you can have and so on. Then one of the completely different game modes that current, the game currently has is this sumo mode that you try to push each other away from a platform that's shrinking. Or but there, there's plan of much, much more like like the Rocket League kind of soccer thing mm -hmm. that's definitely going to be attempted at some point. Then people have had nice ideas about tag or pursuit mode or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Somebody tries to touch everybody else, and that's something that could be quite easily added at some point. Then all kinds of team modes could be added like battling or in sumo for example it might be interesting to have team sumo instead of everybody against everybody and, mm -hmm. but in the beginning of early access it's all the different racing modes and you can play online you can also play alone and try to beat leaderboard times you can play actually against ghosts for those levels that have global leaderboards okay then you can actually play it also in split screen multiplayer locally you can even join together and if anybody has really done it in <laughs> tests yet but you other than in my home tests, of course, but it's possible for four players to play it locally and join together an online game. So what else then? Well, it's not different game mode, but when you play any games, you can enable recording so that after the game, you can watch, watch the game again and from different angles or slow motion or fast forward or whatever. So that's a nice way to make race videos later after the race. With this game right now, do you have do you have a set release date at this point, or is it kind of in flux? Early access is coming, well, when this video is coming, it should be out already. And it's, but about the full release date, that's not decided yet. Mm. The idea is that, and actually, it's, it's not even that big a deal. That it's, the idea is not that when it's, when it's zero point, well, I mean, when it's version 1.0, that now it's, that the development ends. It's, it's just, it's, 
most above all this is a passion or hobby project whatever I might do whatever else I might do I will keep adding features to this thing mm. also so it's it's kind of what version to go okay so it's more just one, one, zero. it's more just early access and then the evolution of the game from there on through early access yeah, yeah. and at, at some point it will be cool this is the full version maybe okay when it when it makes sense i have to discuss with <laughs> others like it's more like a marketing thing mm. but now now this is good enough to be reviewed in everywhere but it's it's very playable game already so it could even the current version could very well be sold as version 1.0 mm. already and it's, it's kind of nothing preventing that but i also want to be able to understand that it's this is not all yet. It's going to have so much more stuff in the future. So that's one way to why the why it's called early access now. Yeah. Why I started to make this new game was that since the old game was going on for a very long time, mm. I get, it was 15 years I kept making updates every now and then when people asked new updates for it. So I know what it takes to do that, and the plan is to continue very long with this one too. With the old game, the reason why I started to make this new one was that since it was 15 years or something like that, it's really painful to go back to your goats and tech design decisions you made 15 years ago so one reason I started to make this new game was just what if I just start from scratch and use all the learnings I have from games industry and also use the <laughs> new tech and mm. use Steam and use Unity and I could have used Unreal also but I picked Unity and Steam and see where that can go with all the ideas because every time I played the old game it was so much fun but I just felt pain in, in my realizing that how much better I would do so many things now mm. and how much it was limited by the tech of yeah. 2003. You know you'd mentioned you use Unity and I'm imagining with, with your experience in the industry I'm sure you probably have experience in Unreal as well. Was there a reason you leaned more towards Unity for this project or? Uh, I wonder what the real reason was the main reason was maybe that I had more experience on Unity and I was I got started easier with that and I just wanted to experiment. Okay. I just wanted to experiment how to make the 2D physics in 3D mm -hmm. with something and that felt that I can do that easier with Unity. So it kind of I sticked with that and then I find this road library easy roads that you can use with Unity. So when I had the first level editor prototype with Unity and the first physics with Unity and also find this library I used for the paint shops in Unity then at that point switching back to something else would have been lots of work so it was just natural to keep going when it kind of worked <laughs> no big problems with it and quite happy of course every engine has its problems so if I if I had used Unreal I would be happier with some things but I some other things might have been much harder or worse so what what engine so what engine was the original game built on it was the old school way that there was no real engine it was just i was <laughs> gonna say because it was early 2000s <laughs> so yeah, yeah well i don't know if, if sdl can be called an engine but it was this sdl which is more like api for graphics so so it was graphics and audio and all game gameplay stuff so okay just build on top of that with very low level stuff and how much for you especially because i mean you've seen the industry evolve ac across 20 years so i mean development now versus then has to be has to be so different yeah some, well, some things change some things don't mm -hmm. so it's still it's still you sit on the computer and type type and <laughs> designers doing pretty it's much just more accessible at this point basically right yeah yeah, yeah. I, actually this may be i've been thinking this with my own kids like when i First started to program myself long long before going to the industry actually. Mm -hmm. It was with Commodore 64 that it was actually it was much easier to start because you just 
plug in the machine and then you can type print hello world and then you have made your own or ten number of the line first and then hello world print hello world and you have made your own first program so mm. type run and then you run it but now if, if somebody real beginner wants to start it's really actually much harder to just I can just say that download Unity and start making games because it's it's so much that you have to learn to get anything done with Unity. And okay. Especially if you want to learn to program also, then you can done you can do so much without any code. That it's in many ways different. In one ways you have access to everything and you can do. There's not there are no limits, but still that it might be that the really the start is harder. That mm -hmm. there's so many things to choose from and tech is so much. You have to understand so many things to understand what's happening. That yeah. I don't know how it how new people <laughs> do it actually. But. Luckily, some people are still managing it. That's, that's a great point. There's no limits, but the problem is for new developers, there's no limits. So, like, it's just unlimited things you need to learn, and it's constantly updating and evolving. So, that's a great usually point. People want to learn the program or make games that usually they want to start with something graphical and they, they want to, sometimes in the worst case, they want to make this open world multiplayer and then or whatever the letters are, but RPG game or something that it's huge project and while they should actually just not think about if they want to learn to program they should just make text games like make a game that you try to guess a number and then it tells that it's bigger or smaller and mm -hmm. they, programming should be started with those kind of things in my old-fashioned <laughs> opinion so if you just want to start making graphical games right away it may be hard to see the forest from the trees yeah that's Saying works in English, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 I completely get that, yeah. One thing that comes to mind, actually, is you were kind of talking about this game, and even the concept behind it, where it's highly customizable, it's kind of focused on more than just player feedback, it really focuses on what players want to do with the game itself. And I've noticed when I talk to developers who have been in the industry for, you know, quite a while, I noticed that they're much more focused on kind of giving players they're much more focused on kind of listening to exactly what players want and then bringing that into their games it's less about their vision and more about what the players want to have in games whereas with younger developers it's much more focused on kind of the vision they want to bring to their games and then deliver to players i guess that's less of a question and more of just like something I've, yeah. I've noticed but is that something is that a fair assessment is that kind of what you see in the industry or, or what's your take on that i don't know if it's about the age thing but it could it might also be that it's part of that just more experience in the industry <laughs> that, that's one thing that and it might also be that you have you lost the you lose them you're young and you want to make new things and mm -hmm. you want to <laughs> you want to change the world that at some point you become part of the big machine and you realize that if you want to make money then you just have to do how the marketing department <laughs> yeah you to do and maybe maybe but that's also could segue that about the indie games versus big games because that's the one thing that in indie games when you have less money involved in my case i'm not betting my house or anything so mm -hmm. i can i can go crazy and i can do whatever i want I don't have to worry about not selling enough or anything like that. Of course, if you have, if somebody is paying millions to the game, they want to make sure that the people, the paying customers, are hurt. <laughs> so, but of course, one problem is that sometimes the customers may not know what would be the best for them. So that's that's the hard balance in big games also that you have to invent something new that people actually want to play and they don't know they want. But it's always this balancing act that you have. You have to have something new, but then you have to have some certainty that it will sell something. Mm. And how to find the right balance on that? That's that can be hard and how much how much risks you can take and so on so. with this game specifically actually one thing that came to mind that i 
I don't remember seeing is this game is it controller compatible at this point or is, or is it not controller compatible? Well, it is it is controller compatible. Okay. I, I have to take I have to actually take away the official mention from Steam because they found that there's certain situation when it is not behaving exactly as it should. But it should work with controller, yes. But it's since it's old school. I personally I play it with keyboard, mm. mouse when navigating the menus. And you cannot do everything with controller yet because the level editor is very complex and yeah. I think everything in that work with controller would be very hard. And also the customizer, you have to use mouse and keyboard at the moment. But the basic gameplay, you should be able to use controller, but that's one not so nice thing about PC development is that there's so many different controllers, they don't seem to have any good standards, so it's always somebody having problems that this doesn't work on my machine, what's wrong, and sometimes it helps to plug it off and put it back in. And that's very frustrating for me as developer because I of course want everything to work, and, but it's sometimes beyond what I can do. I have to trust the Unity and controller libraries they have, and if, if, they, if it doesn't work, then it's very hard to think about <laughs> what, what to do about it, and it seems to be a problem with other, many other games also, that sometimes some people have problems with controllers but it should work there are lots of options to tune it so if it doesn't work it's good chance that you can make it work if you want but it's of course not an optimal answer that everything should work out of the box and that's mm. the nice thing about consoles compared to pc gaming that those those kind of things usually work without having to worry about that actually speaking of consoles one thing that comes to mind with steam they have the steam deck out now so with that in mind is that something you kind of have in the back of your head where you want this game to be compatible with that? Where they're rolling out all the games that have those, I forget the exact terminology, I think they're Steam Deck certified or whatever. Is is that something you, you have in the back of your mind or no? Well, it's, I'm aware, aware of that, but I don't know yet what it takes and I haven't had time to worry about it yet. Mm. And speaking of consoles in general, since I'm using now, the platform is very open, anybody can make servers, and also because the level editor is very heavily depending on using mouse and keyboard at the moment, and because also much of the online tech is based on Steam, so porting that to consoles is not that simple, it's something that has been discussed and there are talks about how it could be done. It might mean that to take just some subset of the game and make more console-friendly version of out of that, but that's something that's being discussed. But about Steam Deck, I don't fully know yet what it takes to be certified for that. Mm -hmm. It's something I have to investigate at some point. Yes, or, or we, since I have lots of experience on console projects also, so I know I know kind of the difference between PC and consoles, of course. Yeah, but on consoles, there's always this requirements you have to meet, and I guess mm -hmm. Steam Deck probably will have those also that you have to behave exactly in certain way when certain things happen. So I haven't checked the requirements for Steam Deck yet. You know, with this year, it's kind of just getting started. So you'd mentioned early access when the interview's out at that point, early access will be out as well. After that though, what, what kind of does the, what does the content schedule for this game look like moving forward as the year progresses? Is there like certain check marks you want to hit as you go forward? Like, you know, extra content packs getting put in, extra modes, whatever it could be. Is there, is there kind of a content schedule for you? Again, this is one thing that I enjoy being in a very small team that doesn't have any obligations that I don't have to have any exact schedule. I can, mm -hmm. I can adapt, I can see what's really needed. But I have, of course I have, as, mentioned, as I mentioned, I have a long list of, or we have a long list of things to do at some point. Mm -hmm. So I cannot say yet in which order they will get done, but one thing that is needed is just more objects to the levels, both for built-in levels and also so that people have more variety in the levels. And of course, more vehicle models. Right now, there's the vehicle editor, but you have to use models that are in the game mm. because it's lots of technical requirements. Yeah. Of course, I'm really open to add, if somebody wants to make model that 
can be added to the game. I'm really <laughs> open to doing that. If people give the right stuff, yes, you can do it. But lots of technical requirements, what the model has to be, so it's not so simple for anybody to make yeah. those. I mentioned already the new game modes. Mm. That's that's maybe the really next thing to do, to have have more game modes to show the actual potential of the game variety. That Personally, I like these kind of games that you have. You can go, you can hop in one server, you can just always hop in, hop off, but you can just join and leave. But, so it has some kind of variety of levels. Sometimes you race, sometimes you have sumo, then you might have one tag event, and you race again. And I personally like that kind of thing. I don't know. Mm. People can host their own games and however they want, but I want there to be more of these completely different game modes that you, you can have fun with. You mentioned a single player mode. Is that like. Uh, yeah. Is that not pri is that prioritized? Is that kind of just an idea at this point? Where's well, that? It's, it's prior priority to have some kind of single player before the game is called mm -hmm. 1.0. It's whether it's just more a tutorial that so that people can learn before they dare to go to the fierce online races. They can just <laughs> test what the game feels like. Mm -hmm. They learn the controls. They don't feel like it's too hard. There has to be some something like that. So, so more of, to be, more of something to kind of showcase how to play the game, the things you can do. Yeah, with that, it. That's, that's one option. But also, there again, not, no promises. But it wouldn't be that impossible, impossible an idea to have some kind of campaign that you you have missions. Your mission could be something that you have to face. You have to win this race, which is a certain level, with certain kind of AI. Mm -hmm. Then when you win that, it opens up two new missions. Yeah. This time the mission will be that you have to make certain lap time in certain level. Or it could be like those trials games I used to work for in Red Lynx, that Red Lynx and Ubisoft, that you, you have lots of levels and you have to collect gold medals. And once you have enough, then you can progress to the next level and so on. So these kind of ideas there are, I'm not promising. It depends a bit on how what kind of players there are, mm. how the online online game goes on and so what, what it would make sense to do it. No, no point in investing lots of time on single player if it seems that actually multiplayer is what everybody is going to play anyway. If there's going to be this campaign thing, then one fun thing might be that people could actually make their own campaigns, that you could make your own levels, your own vehicles, your own AI, and you could consider that, that you can make your own super hard campaign or easy campaign or whatever. That's, that's just one idea that I would mm. like to do, and it's not something that couldn't be done if it, if it makes sense to do it. But we'll, we'll see what, it, what, what makes sense in the end. But definitely it's one thing in the very long maybe to-do list. So are you just kind of going to wait to see how when you launch early access, you want to see where players kind of gravitate towards and then kind of beef yeah, up that end where they're where they're kind of yeah, focused on? That's that's one thing. And also like how many players there really are. That's, that's interesting. Okay. I don't have much resources. As mentioned, this is mostly hobby or passion project. I've been lots of time on it and I'm very proud of it, but still I'm not expert on marketing, so I don't know <laughs> how people, players of today really take it. So I don't know how many players there will be and what game modes they really like and so on. So as you mentioned, it will be about, hopefully there will be enough core players to make the game go bigger slowly, slowly but surely. And then I will be monitoring what kind of game modes people play and what they are wanting and does it make sense to make single player and if yes, how, how deep to make that. And, that's part of the early access process. Mm. For the original game, you still have you still have a pretty decent player base for that as well, or <laughs> they are very decent people. Yes, they are not they are not that many. I would say. Okay. 
I don't know, they, they might be watching this later on. <laughs> actually, now that I've been making this new one, I have learned that there are, there are actually very many more players of the old game that I was more than I was aware of. That many people had come to mention that hey, we used to play this in Italy or Brazil or whatever. That it's all over the world that people actually did play it a lot. And that's that's just been very fun to see that old players come to come to say hello in the Discord mm. or something. Like that. No, I mean racing games have definitely kind of been on a rise as of late. Yeah, I mean you have Forza and Gran Turismo making a making a comeback more than. They ever have i mean all, all sorts of things so i definitely think you know a game like this with such a high emphasis on customization i mean yeah it's yeah. i think I'm, it'll make a bit make a very great impact on the industry and in, in indie game I, I hope i i hope so and it's not only racing games I'm, I'm just wondering how about it should be called because calling it just a racing game is kind of misleading mm -hmm. because the idea is to be this platform that you could have later other game modes yeah completely different non-racing game modes also even though it's inspired by top-down racing it's I guess it was mentioned that you can have any camera modes, un unlimited camera modes. Yeah. So let's put it that. Have of course, that's also one challenge that since people can make any kinds of levels and they can but use whatever camera modes they have, they want to tune, then it might be that certain camera modes don't work with certain levels. So that's something that <laughs> people, it takes a bit more from players than in mm -hmm. other games that you have to know that you have to change the camera mode in this level if you want it to be playable some yeah. sometimes. Maybe it can be hard-coded some, somehow, but it still up to players to do hard-coding for the level. Have you ever thought, especially since it's kind of a top-down uh, styled game, have you ever considered bringing in like first-person camera mode where you're like inside the car racing? Is that something you've ever considered at this point? Well, if you play the game and press button 5, then you get dash cam. So oh, you can do that? <laughs> so okay. That, yeah, well, actually, it's not inside. It's not inside because then you would have to I would have to include the dashboard and stuff like mm. that, and it doesn't really make sense because it's, it's maybe not the most playable mode at the moment. Mm -hmm. But actually, what people have been asking also have an option to force everybody to have the same option. So that server host could force that now everybody has to play with dashcam in first person. So okay. that's one possible game mode also. Especially if there's going to be completely new modes like mm. some tank battle or something like that, it's also <laughs> within, within reach. Yeah. Then, then it would make sense that you actually have to have a camera in one place that you cannot cheat by seeing where mm. everybody else is. And so, so there is this first person already. You can play with that and actually some levels are quite fun with it, but because the controls are, at least the default cars are modeled after top-down games, it means that the car turns quite fast, so that may feel a bit odd when you do it in the first person, that you, your camera is moving much more than what you're used to when yeah. you're playing. But there's no nothing limiting people from making cars that work better in first person also. So I also want the game to be unique unique. So mm. that's I'm not necessarily trying to take it to the direction that it's exactly trying to be a bad copy of something else. It's better to be something different than And the only question really that I hadn't touched on yet, because you this is a very it's a very broad question. And the problem with it being such a broad question is, as we'd mentioned beforehand, with, with developers who are more new to the genre, where they're making like mm. their second or the third game or whatever it may be, it's easier for them to narrow it down. But for somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, when I ask this question, it's just like, well, that's, you know, it's, it's really hard to focus in on one specific thing. But I, I guess I'll throw it out there anyway. For you specifically, right, in the industry, obviously it's changed a lot and some things have 
stayed the same, but other things have evolved very aggressively in the last, you know, 10, 20 years. So if you could change something in the gaming industry in terms of the development side of things, you know, whether that's there's some some developers who have been taken advantage of by their publishers or there's problems with funding or there's problems with marketing or there's, you know, toxicity in the fan bases for games or there's just problems in creating things on the development side. So if you could change something in the industry, what would it be? And I guess it's more like if there was a genie who gave me three VCs. <laughs> exactly. Or, yep. or, or is it something that would, would really be done? And personally, I'm not, I'm trying to stay out of the politics of these kind of things and just do what I like and make games and so on. Mm. So I don't, I know there's lots of this toxic, toxicity, yes, but it hasn't affected me that much because I don't, I just don't, <laughs> I, I, I can just close it away from myself, but it's, but it, I, I'm not saying that it's, it, that's what everybody should be doing. So Mm -hmm. And there are many, many things that you mentioned is getting harassed by publishers, for example. So I guess that's that's the classic story long time ago already that if you make a contract that you have to meet certain things. And there's always, if the publisher wants, they can always say that you didn't meet this thing or this thing. And mm -hmm. then they can run the developers out of money and then they can buy them cheaply or stuff like that. I guess, I don't know if that has really happened, but at least I have heard rumors that that kind of things have happened. And of course, I would like <laughs> that to happen. Companies can do whatever they want and people can make whatever contracts they want. Mm -hmm. How to prevent that kind of things from happening. Of course, related indie games, for example, I would like players to just be open-minded and try different kinds of games and test indie games and test, don't expect everything to have the super polished experience that there can be some rough edges and mm -hmm. that can actually go deep deeper. Yeah. About the more difficult part of the question about toxic behavior by gamers and stuff like that. So. Of course, I can say that I wish there was not such a, such a thing, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's the internet in 2022, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just how it is at this point. Yeah, well, and, and how it could be. And of course, there have been lots of these harassment accusations inside games industry also. Mm -hmm. I was working at Ubisoft, so I personally, again, I was I don't have any bad stories or anything bad to say about Ubisoft and I hope that nobody has at least nobody has told any bad stories about me also so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I, you know but. one thing one thing to touch on actually that I talked to a developer a couple of weeks back was we were talking about how smaller studios get bought up are, are being bought up currently by these larger companies you know especially for instance Xbox has been buying up studios all over the place very recently and, and my question to that developer was, do you worry about things like, you know, monopolizing the industry or, or, or why exactly do you, did he think that, that companies like Microsoft and PlayStation were doing this? And his answer was, you know, it fascinated me because he said it was less to do with kind of controlling the industry and controlling the product. And it was more to do with just bringing in the talent that was within those studios because it's so hard to find it at this point, which struck me as, as very interesting because you think with the gaming industry being as popular as it is right now and as big as it is right now, that you would have no issue finding that talent. Is that something that you've seen in the industry where it's just like everybody's part of a studio essentially and it's really hard to pick up new talent and bring it in? Yeah, of course, that is that is a challenge. I was, while working at Redlings Ubisoft, I was Hiring, I was. My title in the end was studio technical director, so mm. I was hiring lots of programmers. And in, in, it depends on the place, of course. But in Finland, we have very strong mobile industry at the moment, and mm. some really big hits with our companies making lots of money, like Supercell and 
probably a bit earlier as amateurs also. So it's very hard to get good people in. And mm -hmm. Definitely that, that is one possibility. I don't, I don't know, I cannot tell, say I know why Microsoft is buying certain studio. They might have different reasons, but definitely that's that's one very plausible explanation that they want to get talent and maybe what they do with that people, of course, I don't, I don't know. And that's the thing is that people can also, if they buy some company and if the new workers don't like it, they can just leave and go to another place. So it's not that easy that if you just buy buy a studio, if everybody leaves, then <laughs> it doesn't matter. Then then. You're going to get near. So at least they have to keep the people in yeah. at least as long as there is an option. That might you mentioned the monopoly thing that if it turns out that then there is only one or two big players and every, everybody is owned by ten, then it would be, of course, <laughs> different. It's not something I'm personally worrying about and losing my night about, but it's <laughs> an inter interesting thought that if it happens, yeah, it could be. But, uh, but there's also in this industry, it's having a monopoly is harder than in some other in areas because anybody can buy the development tools. Yeah. If you have a paper company, you cannot, <laughs> you can have monopoly and mm. you have lots, you need lots of capital to make new paper machine and using <laughs> this thing has lots of paper machines. So. <laughs> but, but in games industry, if you buy a company, what did you buy? You, as you mentioned, you pretty much bought the brains of the people and yeah. they go away they get to form a new company. That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you're right. You're really just buying the name and that's about it because the people can easily just leave and make a new studio at that point. For some people, it's it's not that easy to just switch the place and I may be biased to programming, for example. Mm. For programmers, it's been maybe easier than for some other graphics or audio guys or designers. It's it's not that as easy as for programmers. We have also the option to go to non-games industry places. So, so it's not that simple that I yeah. sound for everybody at least. Well, as a programmer, I mean, that's really the, that's the core of the game. So, I mean, without you guys, is really there's no making the game work in that sense. I mean, it is much harder. So I, it definitely makes sense that they would be the highest in demand in the industry. I mean, at least until they finally make those those Skyfi things that you can make programs that you just tell what it does and then it does that. But I've heard about those, yeah. <laughs> but actually, the thing is that the real, real difficulty about this is that if you really want to tell what you should do, mm -hmm. that's already how it's done and that how to really do it, that's called code. So the code is the thing that really tells how to do it. So yeah. the real, real, real difficulty is actually turn the, turn the requirements to something that do you ever really make sense? Does that actually <laughs> seem like a viable thing that will ever take off? Because for me, it just seems too outlandish that you could ever just kind of say, yeah. talk into something and it'll it'll just build the code for you. It just yeah, it, as, as a programmer, of course, I, I think that there are many things that can be done and automated, but still, still, it's the thing that eventually you have to know what you want. Yeah, you have to somehow express what you want. And when you express what you want, that's actually kind of close to the final code and mm -hmm. always this special what, what if this happens and what if that happens and yeah because it can of course if the, <laughs> if the AI goes never say never and if the AI goes just a couple of more leaps that you can simulate what humans want and you can <laughs> but I don't I don't think it's happening really really soon now yeah it's not as soon as people some people expect it to happen but usually how things go that you expect some things to happen quickly they don't but when you go further back then actually more things happened that you could have imagined. Mm -hmm. So in the short term you are overestimating the progress and in long term you are underestimating it. But I don't know, it's just <laughs> general bubble. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>